the fuzzy mic. There we go. So yeah, right off the bat, Jared Neiman, you get the Don King reference. It looks is either that or a tip of a horse's tail. <laughs> we'll go Don King on this one. Uh, it is <laughs> the fuzzy microphone. We are backstage at Moe's Place in Katy with one of my favorite country musicians out of Nashville. It's Jared Neiman. How you doing, brother? It's always good to see you, buddy. Great to see you. Sometimes we'll ask uh, we'll ask artists. You know, do you remember what town you're in? You, I don't ever have to ask you. Do you remember what town you're in? Because you always remember names and faces. You and I haven't hung out since Zigfest two years ago, but you came in. You're like, dude, it's been whatever. You know, I love that about you. Well, no, we and I've already. Well, actually, there was one other time I saw you after that, but we were because we were referencing a conversation from Zigfest. Yes, about lyrics and stuff. But, but yes, man, that was oh, that was fun. Zigfest was amazing, wasn't it? You know, the only problem about coming out here to play is you don't ever want to leave. Well, we don't want you to you leave. Know? And everybody thinks. See, I'm wearing this NASA hat. Everybody thinks I just probably bought it today. But I love NASA. Do you really? I have all kinds of jackets, shirts, hats. Do you know any astronauts? No, unfortunately, that's where I. Uh, a lot of my friends and family think that I spend a lot of time out, out there. Yeah, in space. In space. <laughs> usually around Uranus. <laughs> it's one of my favorite planets. Isn't it though? I, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't really been there. But. Isn't it funny, though, that there are not rings around Uranus? They're only around Saturn. Rings <laughs> are right. If they are, you might want to go to the doctor. So I was going to ask you, you know, after a while, you say your wife gets you, she's like, oh, you know, get back out on the road. And you're like, you know, after a while, people are kind of sick of hanging out with me. What would it be about hanging out with you that she wants you back on the road so quickly? Oh, well, just it's sort of like this. You know, because, you know, we're out of town probably 275 days a year, if not uh, more. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes. And so you really kind of get in your own, uh, your everyday routine. So when I come home, she's kind of got her everyday routine, you know, with the dogs and stuff. And then I just kind of, I'm kind of like that uh, spike the punch, you know, I'm, the, I'm what spike the punch. But really, she's just kidding. But, but the thing is, you know, I mean, we, it, it's fun. It is an adjustment. But, you know, it was, it's weird because usually I'll be at home and, you know, you kind of wake up and wonder where you are in hotels. Sometimes it happens at home. And, really? You know, like, but for, we've been home long enough recently that last night I woke up on the bus like, where am I? So it was, it was nice to know that I, I st- you know, home is still where the, the heart is, but the road is where the liver is. <laughs> and you write a lot about drinking songs and you write about experiences and majority of your experiences are playing for people that have beers in their hand. Yeah, you know, I mean, whenever you cut your teeth in the honky-tonks, uh-huh. you know, everybody has their own path. But I remember real early on, I was playing in the Fort, Fort Worth Stockyards, you know, where my folks live, and, and uh, the guy said, hey, you know, you know what your job is? I was like, yeah, obviously, to play music for like four hours. And he said, no, to sell alcohol. I'm hiring you to get people to drink. They want to stay here, have a good time. So it just, those little moments like that stick with you forever. And so it's not, I mean, everybody, you know, you hear eight drinking songs on an album or something, people are probably like, this guy probably needs to go to rehab. <laughs> but the truth is, I just, that's where I, I cut my teeth in the, you know, playing in these bars all over the country that, you know, and that's what I learned from. So it's just kind of like, I don't know, I just, I guess it's, it's sort of a, a, somewhat of a songwriting crutch, but it's just fun. You know, I just like the, like, you know, we're playing in a bar tonight. It's just fun. But it's not a crutch. But in, you know, I'm, I'm going to gush over you for a little bit because one of the things that I really love about you is I call you an experimental country artist because you can't pigeonhole your sound. Number one, okay? Number two, you say that you write songs that you want to hear. You don't give a darn about what radio wants to hear. You write songs that you want to hear. Consequently, you've had two number ones. You've had a a song that has garnered you a BMI for most played song in 2005 on the radio. I mean, it just seems to work out for you. Now, why is that? It's sort of like a a basketball that uh, 
dribbles. There's ups and downs and everything, peaks and valleys. But you know, those are more just more experience to draw to draw from. And and as you know, as time goes on, I mean, the, the the truth is, there's just so much great music out there. And I know, literally, you know, when people think, like when they just heard us talk about NASA, that throws some people off. Like, oh, you're just only supposed to know about country music, and you go in your closet and look exactly like this when you walk out. Well, you know, when we need you, and you can't think about anything else. And there's times in my life when I've seen people I look up to you know and music say stuff that they're into and it th- it does throw you off a little bit but the truth is we're all people we're all living together in this crazy world and you, there's people you connect with like you know you and i've always just hit it off and and you know you always look forward to that and so you never know what really drives somebody or what's going to allow you to to click but but man it's just i'm just as you know fascinated with the world as, as anybody else and sometimes you just you just want to say what you love and instead of what you're supposed to say see that's the deal with this podcast it's we interview country musicians on the radio, okay? But before I interviewed you tonight, I sat down with three Monster Jam drivers. Nice. I sat down with three world champion Monster Jam drivers. We don't get to do that on the radio. My interests are, they're vastly enormous. I love NASA. I love death metal. I don't get to talk about that on the radio. And so this is like my little outlet, you know? Sure. And, and then when I get to talk to, you know, artists that I really look up to and I admire, and I don't think you've ever written a bad song, no. this just makes it totally well, worthwhile me, for what's me. What's your email? who's your favorite death metal band cannibal corpse yes nice nice. now tool's not death metal but i saw tool four times in three weeks this past month but but you know your stuff so well that some people may consider other things that would be death metal you may think it'd be light like where does where does stuff like uh anthrax Mm -hmm. anthrax is speed metal speed metal yeah Mm-hmm. My parents owned a roller roller skating rink, you know, when I was really young, and so and we also had my uncle living with us who was eighteen, and so I was probably like six or seven, and he was more like my older brother. So I never had an older brother, so he would always kind of beat me up, you know, in a healthy way before when it was still cool you know, <laughs> yeah. to have your uncles beat you up, and uh, and he would my parents. So I had all this eighties rock grow, you know, growing up at the skating rink, and then my uncles loved his eighties rock, so. It's sort of bittersweet. Like, I'll hear certain songs that'll make me think, oh, man, that reminds me of the first time I ever kissed a girl on the cheek. And then I'll hear another song and think, oh, it's the first time I've ever, you know, was punched in the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's all memories, right? That yeah. m- music is about memories, it isn't is. it? It's, a weir- it's the weirdest thing. You know, it's, we all sit around, we sing these songs, and, you know, everybody, maybe if, if you're lucky enough, everybody will like your song or not, and they find songs that they care about. But it's really the universal language, and it's one of the best and coolest gifts that we have on this earth to to, sh- to share together. And and uh, you know, it's like a multi-dimensional Hallmark card that you can tell someone the way you feel. That you know, maybe you're you don't you're a man of few words, and you hear a song that you know you look so good in love by George Strait, and you want to play that for your girl or whatever. It's just there's all those things. You know, music is just such a cool a tool. It's a cool weapon. Mm-hmm. It's a cool you know. There's so many different ways to label music, but the one thing it is, it's it's something we all are connected by. Do you find any, and I know the answer to this because I read it, but for people listening who don't do the research on Jared Neiman that I have, do you find it ironic that your first number one song was a song that you didn't write? You know, I, I have thought about that. Because you're a moments. prolific song writer. <laughs> you are. Well, no, well, thank you. Well, well I'll tell you, it, for me, it was, uh, it, we all moved to town or get into music. I happened, to, I happened to move to Nashville, obviously, because of great singers and songwriters. So it'd be foolish to think that I'd be the only person that might have something that I would want to say which sounds weird people are putting words in your mouth but you maybe had those thoughts you just know how to say it so for me it is it's like it's easy to want to get greedy and try to write everything but sometimes when you're on the road and you don't have the opportunity to sit down and write and 
you can, or even maybe you're not sure exactly really what you honestly want to say, and you hear a song, and you're like, man, that it, wow, I couldn't have said it better myself. And and so there are some songs I've recorded that I didn't write that I was lucky that I wasn't in the room because I would have known what would have, I would have went a different direction at a certain point. But the way they did it, by the time it ended, it was, it was perfect, you know. Well, and now with with High Noon. You've done more of a collaboration thing. Uh, the the bass player that uh, that produced the album for you, he yeah, played Jimmy guitar. Lee for, Slows. Yeah, yeah, he played uh, played guitar for Megadeth. I mean, you talk about a well rounded yeah, cat right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, love yeah, that yeah. man. And, and keys for John Conley at seventeen years old, just just crazy. But man, it's uh, you know, just fill you in on on something that's kind of cool right now. I'm I'm a Lee Lee Bryce and I are good buddies, and we just recorded a, a song that we collaborated on called "A Little More Love," and uh, neither of us wrote it, and we just heard it, and it just was this song so we're going to release that shortly and i'm really really excited about it and i, I hope there's something something special you're going on tour with him you're going to do a few shows with him yeah, coming up soon i'm flying in the morning to to uh providence rhode island to meet up with them and set in and we're going to do that song for the first time and and uh maybe a couple others but yeah i mean it's just and that's what's crazy is you know we, you move to nashville and you meet these people that you all kind of for lack of a better term eat out of the same dumpster together you know you right. struggle and see the highs and lows and in-betweens of of everything and and uh so it's so exciting, one, to see the world grasping onto his talent and, and how special of a, you know, a, just a all-around man. He's just a good guy and just a, a solid dude. To see that go full circle where we get the opportunity to make, you know, some music together besides just writing songs, it's, just, it's exciting. Now, do you have to give him extra special credence because he saved your life basically <laughs> the, bus the bus fire you know there's probably several times we might have saved each other's lives you know if you if you hypnotized us <laughs> recall. but you know the, the the truth is yeah he did he, he he detected that fire and but man i think every day we all probably save each other's life a little bit just by knowing you have someone out there that that has your back well, Jared Neiman, I know you got a meet and greet coming up here. Uh, just uh, two quick names I want to throw you away, and I want to get your opinion on them. I did not know that you collaborated with Pitbull on a video. Drink to that all night. Drink yeah, to that all yeah, night. Yeah. Uh, what is he like? Is he? Man, he's you know, a consummate energy. I know that. You know that I, I know that the basic artist in about every genre, not the, real deep into everybody's songs and stuff, but I, you know, sometimes those guys, especially in hip hop, they have the you know sort of the persona and the and also the the stereotype of what you see in the videos, you know, and, and you hear some horror stories sometimes of, you know, bands outside of country music not being cool, you know, and I got to say he was, I was blown away how not only kind he was and, and gracious, that everybody that was with him treated everybody that was with me like family. And, and so, I, I was really it impressed. Sounds, it sounds so natural for him to be singing your song and you to be singing it with him. So is that a testament to his ability or to the creation of the song that it can meld so nicely? You know, I think... I'd like to say both for the simple fact that it's amazing to to see these artists that have come together in the past over the years and and uh, and done really crazy stuff like even Paul McCartney doing stuff recently you know with new artists so I just think when two styles are combined and everybody throws out the window like oh my god I can't believe you'd collaborate with Pitbull or whatever you know but I, and at the same time I've been able to do stuff with the Doobie Brothers I know like, I mean just ra random stuff that you know I just feel like those are opportunities that are fun and, and here's the deal maybe certain people definitely don't like that i mean it's just a simple thing and there's been times i mean i'm sure i've felt opinions strongly about things but if you look at somebody out there that may not be familiar with let's say george jones and they big pitbull fans they 
happen to see that we did a song together and they go look around and before you know it they dig in and have a Merle Haggard album somehow you know I mean I just feel like that's cool to be able to help bring people into country music music's all derivative yeah, from the blues yeah, so anyway brother it's just and it's just it, this world now where we're all connected I think it's just really it's awesome and it's fun and it's it's healthy for our genre and you know here's the great thing we all know and love the guys that made us all want to move to town and the girls but if you look back, they were all, I mean, Elvis Presley, um, Johnny Cash, and Bob Wills yeah. are all in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Country Music Hall of Fame. So these lines have been crisscrossed for way before we were a twinkle in anybody's eye. A twinkle of a twinkle. Your fans are waiting to meet you, get their picture taken with you. Next time you come into town, I promise I'll have Commander Fossum here. Next time you come into town, you promise me you'll do a little black water for me from the duties. Hey, I like that. Right on. Right on. Jared Neiman, thank you so much. Congrats on everything, thank my brother. It's great to see you.